Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Loomis. This is episode 73, um, America and Cognitive Dissonance, A Country Blocked by Ego. At last, the talk I've been talking about for a long time, I wanted to get through the uh, Television Vision series first so I could give this talk. And you don't have to listen to those, but it's it's helpful so this talk might make a little more sense. Um you know, a little bit extra prerequisite knowledge. But, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Um, if you're a first-time listener, you might want to catch up on the archives as I go into extreme talks on this show that maybe require a little bit of um, uh, groundwork that you can figure out yourself to understand what the show is totally about. This would be a special lecture here, America and Cognitive Dissonance, a country blocked by ego. So no callers on this show. This is a long show, um, possibly the longest I've, I'll ever do. I don't know. It depends on how long it takes me to get through some of the information I want to give. Um, but if you're listening in the archives later, take it in segments. All my shows are meant to be taken in segments. I mean, you could, while you're cleaning the house, listen to the show in entirety and all that. But it's it's uh, nice to kind of take it in segments because my shows are meaty. They're full of information. They're full of things that um, are 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 for you to chew on and think about and assimilate. And they're meant to be listened to more than once, so you can go back again and again. They're 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 meaty shows. They're not they're not milky shows. So that that's <clears throat> this show is also one of those. But Anyway, uh, getting right into it here, um, before I get into the actual uh, talk here, by special request, I will give my Star Wars, The Force Awakens review. A fan of the show asked if I could say what I think of it and what mind control I gathered from it. So uh, here I go. I'm going to kind of get into that. because So before we get into the heavy topic today, let me give a movie review, a little more lighthearted and, and uh, uh, kind of go through uh, what I noticed when I watched Star Wars, um, The Force Awakens. Um, the Force Awakens was overall, uh, I think, a pretty good film. There, there were. This, this is gonna here. There's gonna be some spoilers, so let me first say that. Um, so stop listening if you haven't seen it. It's been out for a while now, and I think most people who really appreciate Star Wars have probably saw it one of the first nights it came out. So by now, I believe that most of the general public has seen it. But if you have not seen it, never got a chance, 
whatever the, the case may be. Do not listen for a little while because I don't want to destroy the movie for you, okay? So, but anyway, um, yeah, it, the, the, the Force Awakens was overall a pretty good film, uh, though. I liked it, and I was wanting not to like it, but all in all, I was entertained. And I think at the end of the day, when you watch a movie, you do watch it for entertainment, so you should be entertained. Unfortunately, a lot of things are weaponized nowadays, so you have to be careful when you just sit in that that um, vulnerable state, right? But after the movie, my head was spinning for hours. I was thinking about it. And see, I grew up on Star Wars. Uh, the first trilogy are still some of my all-time favorite movies growing up. So I, I grew up uh, on Star Wars, and uh, so so I'm a fan, you know? Uh, what an amazing universe to peer into and take a look. I mean, like many my age, I'm not a fan of the, the prequels, but and I and I, the reason why is I thought they suffered from poor writing and dialogue. The only the only one that I sort of like was the last one where Anakin turns to the dark side, which would be uh, um, Episode Three. So um, even that one I didn't like a whole lot. For a lot of for for several reasons. One, I mean, you know, in 15 minutes of Episode Three, uh, 15 minutes, Anakin went from being a Jedi to turning to the dark side and selling his soul to the Empire. This progression should have been through slow uh, progression. It should have been through like it should have started in Episode One, and and there was no need for Episode One when you go back and watch it. Seeing Anakin as a little boy wasting time pod racing when we should have been getting the roots of the story there and progressing into the dark side slowly. They had three episodes to do this, you know, and they didn't. And they really should have started the story where episode two was and gone from there. That's what I always thought. Now, I know I'm doing a, a review on uh, on The Force Awakens, but, you know, this is just uh, a little um, – it'll, it'll lead into it here. But uh, secondly, you know – and then Anakin himself, he was miscast. I mean, how can you make a whiny brat as a badass villain of the galaxy, the the most badass villain in the galaxy? I mean, and and the ridiculous love story between him and Padme. And, of course, there's many other complaints to give about the prequels, as you hear out there, I'm sure. Uh, unfortunately, those movies gave a bad taste in my mouth left over for the new one that just came out. And then knowing Disney took over, I was ready for the worst. Uh, but the previews gave me uh, a new hope. Pun intended, you know. But yeah, it did. It gave me, you know, the previews looked like, oh, maybe we're getting back to more of the roots of Star Wars. So I was, I was, um, you know, going in with hope, hopes, but at the same time, have a bad taste in my mouth from the last films. But I was, yeah, I was, I was uh, mostly surprised. And I guess from a fan point of view, it's a good bridge for both old school trilogy fans like myself and fans of the prequels to come together and like it. So, so yeah, that that was good. Um, <clears throat> uh, I liked how they showed the ruins of the old Empire ships. I thought that was really well done, and um, I was entertained. But I felt like maybe they should have made this new start 15 or 20 years ago because the age of the characters, Princess Leia. Um, looks so old. Uh, so did Harrison Ford, 
it, it didn't bother me enough to dislike the film because they were old, but it's hard to see them in those roles still, you know? They're just, just old, and I just felt like, well, you know, in fact, maybe they even should have made these before the prequels. But, uh, anyway, but this is where I found the mind control the most. Kylo Ren, the villain uh, in in uh, The Force Awakens. So, at first, he was a badass. He was cool-looking villain, and I, I was captivated, and, and you know, it was like, well, this guy's you know, knows the Force, and he did cool things with it. But once he took off his helmet, the movie changed for me. And and here we are again with another whiny brat villain, another Anakin type. I mean, I mean, sure, being in Han Han Solo and especially Princess Leia's son, you know, he was pampered as a little boy and got whatever he wanted. And so, I think his helmet should not have come off until the final episode of this trilogy. To keep people wondering, you know, it kind of just kind of it, it's too it's premature, yeah. Um, but and then you find out he was just a Darth Vader uh, wannabe, and, and it. I think if you want a real badass, you know, have Darth Maul. You know, I actually missed him all of a sudden, or or what's his name in the um uh um uh Count Dooku, yeah. Yeah, he he wouldn't stand a chance against Count Dooku, this guy Kylo Ren, you know. Or I always thought the the Jango Fett character was a badass, and she and and he should have been cast as Darth Vader in the prequels. And even though he's Polynesian, he wouldn't match with uh, Luke's ethnicity down the line. I still felt like you know someone like that should be Darth Vader, a, a genuine badass. But here we have the whiny wannabe Darth Vader. Yes, I mean you know okay the best. Villains are also ones that you can relate to in some way or have some sort of sympathy for, but we shouldn't be sympathizing with a spoiled brat and continue to to um, and continue spoiled bratism mentality basically. So um, the big moment in the movie is he kills his father, Han Solo, and this is where I I see the the programming right here. I would say it is a possible predictive programming of kids killing their own parents because it puts the thought in the mind of these young kids seeing this. I'm not saying that the kids that are seeing this are going to start killing their dads because of this, but it puts the thought in mind to brains that are not equipped to deal properly with it. And here this is like the one of the biggest movies in movie history, so everybody sees it, right? And so, um, you know, I, I mean, and also, what a, what a trickery he pulled on Han Solo. He acted like he was going to become good, and and let go of the dark side. Has him hold his lightsaber, and and then you know, pulls a trick and kills him right there. See and see also, because you kind of start to see, oh, maybe that this guy's a little bit good, this Kylo Ren. So what it does is it blurs the line of good and bad. And I see this a lot in the programming these days. That um, and and, and uh, that's not good, not a good programming, especially for kids. I mean, obviously, and and so um, also with the whiny brat villain type, you're looking at a um, uh, a demasculized man role, you know, and um, I see that a lot. They're they're kind of they're kind of like uh, you know. 
the politically correct uh, view out there is to kind of dole down the man. I call the dole down of the warrior. Well, you know, a man is going to be a man, and if it's a badass, it needs to be a badass. You know, and not some whiny little brat. So that's what kind of ruined the movie for me. And another minor, minor uh, like criticism, I guess you could say I have, and and it also with the prequels, you know, because if I had the power and I would have shot this movie, I would have shot it with a gritty look to it all, to to and and match the the originals. It it shouldn't be clean looking, you know. I and digital. I always always would have kept using miniatures instead of CGI. Um, and, and, uh, in fact, I, I really, I, uh, I, I, I would, I, I really didn't like the, uh, some of the CGI characters in this, this, uh, movie too, uh, especially this, this, I forgot her name, but, but it's this lady that was sort of wise like Yoda, you know, it's just totally CGI, obviously, you know, and and it doesn't matter how good it is. It's just you can feel it's that it's not real. They're not. And, and I, you know, puppets are better. You should have kept using puppets, and and it looks more real to me and matches the originals. So you know, all in all, I mean, I like um, Quentin Tarantino's approach to making film. Although he's got a pretty warped uh, uh, mind, I believe, with his extra ultra violence uh, in his films. But at the same time, like he just shot the hateful eight in uh 70 millimeter camera uh for for that more gritty look and i think you know that really puts a lot into a film i don't know why they don't do that more it can be done and it's just like everybody wants to have that digital no make it look gritty like it match the films exactly but anyway uh you know that that was my uh uh criticism on the force awakens ultimately a good film worth seeing and a nice addition i think to the star wars <clears throat> saga which really does keep you on edge and makes you want to see the next one but disney in the hands of disney you got to be careful <laughs> so anyway america and cognitive dissonance a country blocked by ego <clears throat> so let me just say you know if if you catch this later, make sure you listen to the beginning and the whole thing all the way through. And people are going to, uh, you know, jump into the middle of this broadcast, guaranteed, and they're going to be like, oh my god, what are they talking about? you got to go back and listen to everything from front to frontwards to end, because, you know, because I'm, I'm saying things that are going to offend a lot of people. I don't really care. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to give information and shed the tr- and give you light and truth. And Anyway, so first of all, in the real world that most people don't see, there is no countries. Countries are corporations. They're all in debt to the world elite banks. They're controlled by the elite, and the elite control every aspect of life in those countries. So to believe in your country is to believe in a corporation in a way. It's all propaganda to keep you supporting the military and the wars, and it's a way of finding a, a false sense of community and solidarity to group people together. And it's not the correct way in which to group your community and the solidarity when it involves you know, people that are <clears throat> really on the side of these elite banks. So first of all, it, you know, most of my listeners, most of you out there know what I'm talking about. But um, I'm American, 
I couldn't care less where I was born. I don't identify myself with that culture to make up who I am. But I understand the culture more than any other country in the world because I grew up in it. That doesn't mean that I am only that, and that dictates my consciousness only. There's much more to me beyond America, all right? So, um, uh, you know, just to, to, to know, that's, you know, that's the reality of things, and that's how I, I look at it. Because, you know, you've got to be born somewhere, and, and uh, there's propaganda in every country to love your country and all that, all right? But America has some great, very unique things about it. And let me just go over some of the things that I think are, are unique about it, you know, because I'm not throwing the baby out with the bath water. There's a lot here that also is to mine from, gold mine, and say, yeah, those things are good. Um, you know, Amer number one, Americans are extremely individualistic, independent, and like to be different than each other. And perhaps this comes from its inception, uh, when people came here and escaped the British kingdom to find new land and be independent from them. And that sort of has um, gone through society, which is a really cool thing, because it allows people to be themselves, and it's okay to be yourself. And I think that that's a really good freedom. So I do say thumbs up with that. Um, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> the good things that this has created is some people are able to piece life together as a unique individual and form a life that is not a copy, and, and that has its advantages. But unfortunately, how many form as individuals seeking the truth? That narrows down a whole lot, so it's uh, not that, that many. I read this. Um, in most countries in the world, your fate and your identity are handed to you. In America, you determine them for yourself. America is a country where you get to write the script of your own life. Your life is like a blank sheet of paper, and you are the artist. This notion of being the architect of your own destiny is the incredibly powerful idea that is behind the worldwide appeal of America. Young people especially find irresistible the prospect of authoring the narrative of their own lives. And, yeah, uh, that's somewhat of an illusion, though. I mean, if you come from poverty, try getting up past just making it. Try getting past working for corporations. And try, you know, it's extremely hard to become, extremely, extremely hard to become a, a self-made millionaire. I mean, it's extremely hard to do that, and I'll... I'll Try to come back to that later a little bit more, but yeah. But another another good thing about number two, I would say, the the idea of America in the first place is a noble cause. People in search of a new land to be free from a wicked king of England. I mean, what happened thereafter, I'll get into. But people who left in search of a better place to live is a story that goes way back from the beginning of civilization, and is definitely a noble cause. So that is. Um, a very important thing that we all must do is that exodus out of out of control and the system that wants to <clears throat> control you and and uh, you know make your life the way in somebody else's vision. And you know there's some wonderful people in America, some great hearts, uh, a few awake minds. And there's a lot of well-meaning people. And I'm not talking about those people today. So when I get into this information, 
more often than anything, I'm talking about America as a collective. And if you feel like, well, that's not me, then that is not you. All right? So um, if you're great, humble, awake, and have a great heart, you know who you are. And when I go through this information today, you are you are not who I am talking about if you're those things. Okay? And um, another thing, America's had uh, incredible ideas that have come from uh, here. I'm a... Uh, you know, um, flight, uh, first in flight, manufacturing of automobiles, motion pictures, lots of inventions, just to name a few. This is that hub of, of amazing ideas. And another thing that I really like about America, America has some really amazing urban culture that has come out of it, unique circumstances, art, music, and amazing creativity that has emerged out of usually uh, – Poverty and struggle, and uh, some you know some great uh, counterculture that has come out of America, which is what um, I think most of us that are you know of like minds. If you're listening to the show and you're a fan, you know the the, the counterculture is kind of what's what's kept you in it. You know, kind of kept you like a, away from the mainstream. So yeah, but I mean, so yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of good things to mine from America. I mean, how far man can take inventions and be innovative was largely coming from America, and it it had no limit, right? And I'm not here to bash America. I'm here to point out truth. I'll tell you the truth about anything. The egos and behaviors that I'm going to expose in this presentation are needing exposure. And if nobody else is going to do it, then it must be up to me. So part of this, what this talk is about today is the calcified ego that runs amok on this planet. So uh, conditional reactions are a problem when you give out this type of information. Knee-jerk reactions are a problem because people are so attached to ideas and religious-like views. So please set aside those reactions, if possible, and just focus on the information. And um, that should be kind of a way to uh, view the information if you can. Now, here's another way to view the information. And sometimes I have to do a talk because this is about so much. Uh, I w you know, I, I want to tell you, give you what this talk is not about exactly first. Because, okay, when you talk bad about America, the people that agree with you usually are what I call Number one, what I call the Michael Moore crowd. Uh, some of the statistics I will read today will resonate with this crowd. And the Michael Moore crowd thinks we need to be more like Canada or the UK or Australia with a single-payer health care system and overall better quality of life. If you want to know the truth, those countries do have it better than Americans in those ways, in a lot of ways too. It's true. But I'm not suggesting we adopt some light socialist structure of a system that's – and that's not the answer to all of our problems. Nor am I suggesting to fix America. I have no answers to fix it today. There's no answers there. And that's not what this talk is about. So the Michael Moore crowd is into showing you some of the true corruption that is in America, like the employment system, the health care situation, food, etc. But it offers sort of a – socialist country alternative and it's 
still believes in a system. It still believes in an infrastructure of authority and doesn't really get to the heart of the real issues. So <clears throat> it also says nothing, nothing, not a drop about the, the real elite who run this thing and create the real problems regarding freedom. So no, um, you know, Michael Moore crowd, you can take sections of this and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is about much more than that. And then in, if you also talk bad about America, another person, another uh, viewpoint that comes up is what I call the wingers, okay? Extreme right wing or left wing. People who hate each other and hate uh, each other's version of America, you know? Uh, both blaming each other for why America sucks now. And most people are starting to wake up to the fact that both parties suck. Well, actually, but still, I don't really know. I mean, still, most people are not, and very few people at all, really. But very few are realizing that voting for president is pointless, and even fewer believe that government itself is not necessary, and we don't need any form of control. And this show, it chanting down to that, and, and hopefully you know that. So that's where we go on this system, uh, on this show. And the system is, you know, you know, something we chant down to the fullest degree. Here, um, I read this here. The government system is corrupt to the core. Out of the dozens of different, differing political views in America, two, the Republic and Democrat parties, have taken over and created massive ba barriers to keep everyone else out. Hyperpartisanship and political total war are the currency of power because compromising even a little means being torn apart by campaign backers. The hatred of other viewpoints has reached levels that would have caused war in other settings. Yeah, and just might in some form, <clears throat> as I've kind of said before. But see, again, the wingers, two wings of the same bird. And you're getting crapped on constantly by that same bird. Notice the word wing. It's two wings of the same bird, you know. And if you listen to my show and you still believe in presidency, then you are really far behind. <laughs> it's like you're traveling on a horse and carriage if you believe uh, in presidents, voting for presidents. And we're, we're taking a bullet train. So, you know, um, that's <laughs> how it goes. So that's... This is way beyond this whole spectrum. So the wingers, you know, they see bits of corruption and truth, which I understand, but it's not part of the whole picture. Then there's number three, if you talk bad about America, another uh, bit of uh, people that will agree with you would be the constitutionalists. The constitutionalists, or often Tea Partiers, they sort of intermix in my opinion, but what – they want to get back to the Constitution. And although I think that the Constitution highlights natural rights, and I do believe we need to get back to those, uh, but the powers that shouldn't be have such a stronghold on this constant progression to tyranny that it would be, take a serious revolution, a massive change to get back to even these ideals at this point. And maybe that's an answer, but whoa, a bloody one, you know? Uh but, uh, I mean, you know, we need this serious change, but a paradigm shift. We don't need to get back to what was, because what was was a time and a place also. But, um, but these constitutionalist types still uphold the ego 
I'm going to be talking about today, and definitely don't take it far enough. But the Constitution itself is a good document highlighting our natural rights. However, these, in my opinion, I strongly think that all these natural rights should be actually ingrained in our brain and doesn't mean a doesn't take a document. It should just be common sense. <clears throat> and then another group of people that might agree with you if you start talking bad about America is maybe the Occupy crowd. Yeah, and I, I still never really understood the exact ideals behind the movement. Sure, they understand the corporations that have destroyed our lives and the 1%, and that's sure part of this talk but not really the angle of it so again never that never gets down to the real freedom and it was just a, a loose bunch of people that often kind of wanted communism and things and again another system uh authority and not really getting to the roots but today's topic it talk is also not about that either so um and another different bits of groups that might Agree with you if you start talking that amount of bad amount of America would be minorities for the wrong cause. Uh, many people in these very group very groups will agree that America is messed up from one way or another. You know, because uh, a lot of minority groups <clears throat> have been at the bottom for so long, and and you know, trying to get a voice out there. And any any uh, minority group upset about this mistreatment from the past or present. Uh, and I, I would say I, – I will get into some of that, but that's still not the angle I'm coming from when I say, you know, uh, when I'm trying to get these points out. But this talk is not really about any of those reasons, but you, but anybody from those different schools of thought could actually, you know, relate, sure, in bits. So, I mean, a lot of people actually agree that at least there's something wrong with America, but they often either fit it in one of those categories I just explained, or they just can't really pinpoint it. And all of these groups have some value in their points, but none of them take it far enough and fully chin it down, and that's what we do on this show. So that's why I don't side with any of those people, but I see points. So <clears throat> what is wrong with America? Well, um, I would say, first of all, with money, everyone's in debt. Everyone owes money. It's become normal to have debt over your head, whether it's a house, car, student loans, or whatever. The problem is the world is too expensive, and we pay a lot for places, and uh, and it doesn't pay enough to live a decent life. So, I mean... Here, the the other day, or a little while ago, I overheard a waiter telling some tourists at a restaurant here in Hawaii that when he lived in Idaho, that he was waiting tables and getting paid two dollars an hour and some odd cents, uh, and that and that's why tips were so important. <clears throat> now, a, a good waiter is not going to talk about tips. I don't think anyway. I think that's kind of uh, a cop out or whatever. But you know. But anyway. But uh, still, $2 an hour, that's ridiculous. I mean, in America, no one should even stand for working for that little. That's not much more than people working in places like uh, Central America and hot fields and agriculture, making 30 to 50 cents an hour. 
I mean, $2 an hour, you got to be joking me. We're almost talking about third world pay in a first world country. You know, people shouldn't stand for that. Go to Australia. Their minimum wage is like $20 an hour. And although certain things are high, you can actually live off of that. And again, I'm not saying we adopt the system of light socialism, what they have here in America, but even people working fast food are making that much and possibly can make a living at McDonald's. So it's a difficult place to live, first of all. I mean, unless you come from money, it is a difficult place to get, make it, quote-unquote, make it. And then, <clears throat> then there's the national debt. To me... That is leaders' faults for their wars and problems, and not the people. It's it's the Federal Reserve that caused that. You can't try to get me to care about the national debt because it's a ridiculous number. And, you know, I don't give a shit about it because it's just um, – but, again, it's because people let things like the Federal Reserve take over. We owe money to a uh, central bank and a private bank of that one too. And that's why America was bought and paid for a long time ago. America was bought and paid for a long time ago, and it has not been what people think it is for many years. And and really hasn't been, as I'll get into some history, what people wanted it to be for a very, very long time. Marriage. So marriage, the marriage rate in the United States has fallen to an all-time low. Right now, it is sitting at a yearly rate of 68 Eight marriages per 1,000 people. One in two workaholic marriages in a divorce. For women under the age of 30 in the United States, more than half of the babies are being born out of wedlock. The United States has the highest divorce rate in the world, and the United States has the highest teen pregnancy rate in the entire country. In fact, the United States has a teen pregnancy rate that is more than twice as high as Canada, more than three times as high as France, and more than seven times as high as Japan. Well, if you go back to the Tell Lie Vision Vision series, I talk about how over-sexualization of culture is part of the degradation of humanity. And, uh, yeah, uh, no doubt a deliberate attack on us to keep us from raising quality people when babies are, babies are being born in situations where the parents couldn't even raise themselves. You know, these are kids raising kids. And maybe they're not even that young, but their minds are not there. They're not, they're not capable of handling it. And that might explain that the United States actually has the highest child abuse death rate in the developed world. I mean, what's that all about? I would say probably dysfunctional homes like nowhere else, dysfunctional households, they're raising idiots, right? Um, and, you know, then that gets into the prison system. The prison system, 2.4 million Americans are incarcerated. China, which is four times more populous than the U.S., is a distant second with 1.6 million people in prison. So America has 2.4 million American, uh, people in, in uh, incarceration. 60% of inmates are African American, yet 13.2% of the population is African American. Yeah. And the, you know, the U.S. government has tried to commit genocide in so many ways to the black community, and still, and 
and you know still is and it's it's still ongoing i mean it's just it's just uh it's not this is not old news it's still happening it's going on today and then harsh justice one in four prisoners in the world are american the us produces more criminals passes more jail sentences and keeps people in jail longer than any other country it has executed hundreds of people and what do these prisons produce uh do they rehabilitate of course not i mean most come out worse and more hardened than they went in i mean i had a a coworker a couple years back um <clears throat> you know he was now in his 50s and uh he'd spend most of his life locked up and uh you know he he was explaining to me how how they think in there they think well it's it's actually a place that you can develop yourself i mean you're taken care of so you know you go in there you you lift weights you come out stronger bigger um and this guy was kind of a bodybuilder type anyway so he was really into that but also uh you know he was talking about how um you can you can read books all, lots of books in there and you know get smarter and from having so much time on your own much more time on on their own than people out in the system being busybodies on the treadmill get that's for damn sure but yeah what he was saying to me is he was like what's 5 years so if i go out and commit a crime what's 5 years 5 years to to get smarter stronger and and develop yourself you know that that's a lot of people's mentality in prison. It's it's not it's not here to rehabilitate. Yeah, it's it's there to you know uh, people come out harder and more hardened and and uh, more violent than you know even the previous time they were in. Usually, you can't be around people like that and not have it rub off. And then uh, the militarization of police. Man. You know the the monopoly on violence allows them to tase and kill with impunity. Um, from 2010 through 2014, there were four fatal police shootings in England, which has a population of about 52 million. By contrast, Albuquerque, New Mexico, with a population of one percent the size of England's, had 20. Six fatal police police shootings in that same time period, seventy times rate first world of nations. The America has seventy times the rate of police uh, brutality and shootings than all the other first world nations. China, whose population is four and a half times the size of the United States recorded 12 killings by law enforcement officers in 2014. Law enforcement in the U.S. killed 92 times more people than a country with nearly 1.4 billion people. And what's that all about? That is, that is a direct tyranny. That is, that is insane. That, and, and what's always insane to me is what comes out of our taxes? We pay for this. We pay for that. We pay for them to harass us. We pay for them to um, give us tickets. And it. we pay for this. Like, I mean, really, really, we pay to have cops shoot us. 
here, let me give you some money and can you shoot a few people for me? Basically, that's it. And you know how the saying is, if they weren't co cops, they'd be criminals. Exactly. You know, these, these, are, these are not um, society's best people. These are, not, these are not people with hearts, you know, and, and, and solid, sound minds that go and apply for police jobs. Some people go in maybe with uh, honest hope that they can make a difference, but they come out totally different also, kind of like people that go into prison. And then there's intoxication. Um, yeah, uh, we are an intoxicated nation. I mean, Americans lead the world in the use of illegal drugs. And I don't know what the, these people on this statistic call illegal drugs, but you know, I, I assume they throw marijuana in there too. But oh well, anyway. After spending a trillion dollars and imprisoning millions of people, the war on drugs, the U.S. government has failed to have any noticeable impact on the skyrocketing popularity of drugs. Yeah, and we know that the war on drugs is a joke. It's to keep these private prisons full, and that's why the high prison prison population. It's it's. It's a business, you know. It 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 works for for a lot of people. It works for the government. It works for the prisons, and it and it works to um, you know keep people matrixing in and out of this system, and they they never get out because these economies in which people live in, that's all that there is around them is to sell drugs. And yeah, well, at least a lot of people, at least partly, a lot of people uh, who are in there are because of this whole. Um, you know, war on drugs. Now, let's just take a look here. I wonder why everyone's trying to get high so much. Why is everybody getting so high? It's deep-rooted, but I think about how much time we spend working. And taking so much illegal drugs tells me something. It tells me that people are escaping reality and that reality must suck. I mean, and yeah... Uh, Americans build their entire lives around luxury and pain avoidance. You know, if we if we get these material things, we can we can feel better and avoid depression. I don't I don't need to change anything about myself. Everything's fine. Where, honey, where's my Prozac? You know, <laughs> and about 11% of people in the U.S. are taking antidepressants, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. SSRIs and all those things, you know, dangerous drugs. 70% of America, and I've said this before on the show, 70% of America is on prescription drugs. One out of ten are on antidepressants, dangerous chemicals. And and so, yeah, that's t telling us something. Regular life in America is not fun. And of course, because we're not supposed to be this way, and that's that's really a root cause there. Regular life anywhere when you have to work all the time is not fun, but especially if you're just scraping by. Eighty percent of U.S. adults struggle with economic insecurity. You know, what are we fighting for? What are we trying to preserve here? I mean, you know, that's that's life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how free are you? I mean, Americans work more than anyone else. Land of the free? Hmm. Uh, Americans believe themselves to be the hardest working people on earth. 
They work more hours with fewer benefits and days off than nearly anyone else in the Western world. In the UK, most people receive a minimum of five weeks paid holiday each year. Compare that to the average two in the US. In France and Germany, it's often six or seven weeks. But all those extra hours, Americans don't, um, don't pay off in more productivity only more work. Germany and France score higher worker on most measures of worker productivity than Americans. More work and less play apparently doesn't make for the best work environment, a fact well known throughout Europe but stubborn, stubbornly ignored in the U.S. Yes, so true. Workaholism. Uh, and, and just people that, you know, Ah, they just want to, they don't understand uh, how to relax. And I'll get into that. But I've never had a paid vacation in my life, you know? And and workaholism, some people don't even think, even take their whole vacations. It's true. You know, they're addicted to their work and taking life way too seriously. And that is a big trait of a mind-controlled people. Um 85% of American men work more than 40 hours a week. 66% of American females work more than 40 hours a week. 10 million Americans work 60 plus hours a week. And the U.S. is the only industrialized country in the world that has no legally mandated annual leave. And... Uh, so, yeah, and I've said before on the show, if you have to work that many hours a week or if you have to work two to three jobs and that's your life, that's not life, that's not living, and that should be heavily rethought about. And people like the, people need an intervention and, and really need to take a look. So, I mean, yeah, that's not making a fun life. And that would explain so much people in and their uh, escapism. I mean, really. And this goes back to the problem also uh, of why it's extremely hard to be the architect of your life. Like I read in the beginning of the show, you know, um, you can, sure, try to architect your life and try to, you know, be whoever you want to be. You know, that's the American dream, quote unquote. But the reality of, it, of the matter is, most people never even get to that starting point. And then and then there's that's probably because of poverty. Uh about 46 million Americans are living in poverty. Supposedly the richest country in the in the world, yet some areas are almost on par with third world countries. Almost it's almost like third world conditions in some places, but with access to first world amenities. So you have, you know, the hood you have, or, you know, a really poor neighborhood, but you might have somebody with rims on their car, so at least they can get those where a third world country, you're not even going to see that, right? Look, I grew up poor, and still am, and most of us never see a light out of this mess, and, you know, I mean, how many rags to riches stories don't involve somebody either selling their soul in some way to make it to the top? When people are brought up with money, there's an extra programming that the parents give the children to go to school and, you know, um, 
and focus hard on school. Well, most of us that grow up poor, we don't get that programming. And good or bad, we just don't get it. You know, so it's not in most people's minds to succeed farther, but just get by. And it's it's very hard in America when you start out on that that level. You know, and then the pressure in this country to make it to the top. That illusion is sold that if you make it out there, then you'll be happy. Yeah, you want to be rich and famous, right? Yeah, yeah. Look how many people are miserable that supposedly quote-unquote, made it, yeah? I mean, listen to episode 71 with Freeman and Jamie when I, when we talk about, you know, some of the Hollywood uh, um, people and what their life is really like. And, you know, who really, you know, who really is happy if they're on antidepressants, antidepressants too and, you know, have all these drug problems and depression problems, and yet they supposedly made it, yeah. You know, it's time to fall out of that illusion, and, and and the problem with America is, and I'm not a, I'm not a communist or in any as you probably noticed by now all the talks they talk about here. But the problem is you have the haves and the have-nots. So so extreme in the same country, and that pressure is so strong. So that's a, a good reason for a lot of people to be depressed. The military, the, the U.S. spends nearly seven hundred billion dollars per year on defense. More than next to 10 countries combined. It has military installations on every continent to make sure strategic resources don't fall into hands that are hostile to American businesses. The entire flow of human geopolitics is dictated by the overwhelming dominance of the U.S. And that came from uh, TravisHirsch.com. And a few of these uh, statistics I have uh, mined from there as well. So... Just uh, giving some facts and statistics. So, yeah, no wonder why there's people that say and put stickers on stop signs that say, stop the American empire. It is. It's an empire. I mean, look at that. I mean, (laughs) you know, uh, yeah. And I mean, I wonder how much we spend to have our sky sprayed by toxic metals and mad scientists. You ever ever wonder how much that it's it's crazy. Again, we pay to have poisonous chemtrails dropped on us. And one of the main reasons Hawaii is a state is so we can have a military point out here, a defense port here out in the Pacific. And so, I mean, um, you know, we pay for all this, too. We pay for this, this empire-like structure in the world. Um, and, of course... America is the military might of the new world order. So, so many brainwashed people get sucked into the military. Uh, so many people think it's honorable duty to serve your country and be a stormtrooper for people like Henry Kissinger that says things like, military men are dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. Uh-huh. I mean, have fun with that. Sure. Go ahead. Join the military. Right? Be a pawn. Yeah, sure. They promise you things. And... And lots of good people with good hearts go into the military that say, well, I want to make a difference or I want to defend my country and my family and all. But the problem is it's a big trick, you know, and it's, uh, you it, you know, Henry Kissinger puts it plain and simple, <laughs> even though wicked as he is, it's true. That's what you are when you join this, this um, part of the system. And uh, economy, too. Uh, the U.S. imported 
more than it exported every year since 1975, draining the country of liquid assets. Look at how much material it takes for America to be what it is. I mean, how, how reliant a country that has resources is on the rest of the world. And then when you when when some resource is blocked by a group in another country, they make up a story and have a war on places where the with their military might, they're pawns for foreign policy. And the world has to feed this monster to keep it alive, you know? So yeah. True health. Uh more than two-thirds of American adults are overweight. Look at the portions of everything. I mean, I know it's been highlighted well in movies like Super Size Me, but really take a look at what people are eating and even think that is they think it's acceptable and nutritional. I mean, crazy. Uh, yeah. No wonder why so many people are these big blobs. Uh, Frankenfoods with crazy origins, some which are prohibited for sale in other countries. Uh... Yeah, microwaves. Microwaves are banned in the Soviet Union, yet Americans use them like, you know, it's the new stove. <laughs> Cook my my food way faster, <laughs> you know. And everywhere you go, it's junk food. Some areas, that's all you find to eat. And of course, this is a deliberate attempt, as I've gone over, by the elite to keep us mal- malnutrition, keep us from being a sharp, thinking, vigilant population. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know... Uh, but that's also because everyone is always on the go and eating poor. So that goes back to the busyness. That goes back to you know working 60 plus hours a week and 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 having not access to good food. It's um, it's also uh, always in America quantity over quality. Nothing goes into any food made hardly. You know, um, look at coffee in the U.S. Many other countries. I've always heard, think American espresso is disgusting. And it is. As I've traveled abroad and realized, if you just go to, I mean, if you just go to Starbucks or coffee, bean, and tea leaf, they just press a button on a machine usually. You know, that's not a barista. You know, people people in America are are, are uh, out for the quantity and the, the quick fastness of things. But the, there's there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, people don't spend, for example, many don't spend all day making soups or creating something of quality. You know, everybody's too impatient, and I'll come back to that. Um, it seems most people have forgotten that good things take time. I mean, that's just it. Good things take time. There's no rush in the word excellence. There is you, you to get something good done, it takes time. That's why masterpieces of any sort, whether it's a, a painting, a movie, uh, a building, um, any sort of creation, takes a long time. That's a masterpiece. Yeah, you know, and that would explain why there's so many crap movies out there because they have this budget of you know so much, and they got to get it done in a certain amount of time and spend that certain amount of money, and they have to press it into this time period and try to make perfection. And that's why, partly, besides crappy writers and, and shot people that want to put out the dumbest ideas and running out of ideas, that's why there's so many there's so many screwed up movies. And then there's waste. 
Americans throw out 96 billion pounds of edible food products. Yes, billion. Our American instinct tells us big portion, quote-unquote, but we rarely eat half of what we prepare, which is remarkable when you consider that all we're all a bunch of fatties. We're also completely over leftovers. I mean, that's so great, Depression-era America. <laughs> no, but today we just throw that shit out. And that was uh, on a, a blog I got, Why Americans Suck dot blog. Check it out, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I met a guy one time that rolls around the city here and picks up so many things that people throw out, like electronics um, that work perfectly fine, but people have this wasteful attitude like, I just, I'll just throw it out and buy a new one, you know? And and that's the thing, you know, a, a lot of things just break a little bit, but if you know how to fix them, like this guy, he didn't, he was just, you know, someone that had a little knowledge, and sure, he had all this cool stuff from people throwing it out. But, of course, that also goes with the fact of um, planned obsolescence. That goes with the fact that we are sold junk today, stuff that's just made for the function of being what it is, but not made to last. Like a broom I bought uh, about a month ago, and I was not being rough with it, but I was getting some corners, you know, trying to get a little precise and and snap. It's plastic, you know. It's just made to be a broom, but it's not made to be a quality broom. Things like that. So, yeah, so that's what we're – that's a look at, you know, some statistical things about America. And right now, um, let's take a little break, and we'll come back and, and uh, talk a little bit more. Yeah, we got one in Underestimate the power that lies behind the present ain't free Motherfucker, you can suffocate if you don't inhale Now breathe Breathe the air into your lungs, into your chest moves up What the fuck, man, it's not that big of a deal You can't keep whatever you gotta let the air leave Let it breathe Motherfucker, you can suffocate if you don't exhale You better get the shit down real quick, my man Cause we live on the land We gotta circulate to integrate the oxygen But first separate the carbon dioxide Unless you wanna end up cross-eyed Everybody needs to know a way out so don't you suffocate how to say it's batteries to get that the way that batteries are set So much days and hours we invest Concentrated on salaries and debt It's time to step on a quest to connect to complex And this mess so complex And you wish for a sum of the whatever that'll set it all back And invest in the rest and answer the question of who you are What your purpose is You can come back and touch the earth again It's really not hard, just let the nervousness stand by itself And no, it's not you who made the system It's about the economics that create the tension Our struggles are man-made and all the red Life is a cup of mayonnaise, so why not have a slice of something they can't make? It's okay to laugh away, I know indigenous man would, cause cash couldn't have any bit of significance for a man on the land with a vision of businesses. Could you imagine them hand niggas to big experience for a suit and a tie? No, lose all the vital ties to the earth, get them filling out a time, gotta buy by the turns of the civilized man. You be laughing at the faces of the silly white man, and I laugh too, cause it's not a critical thing to me. You could try to get me hypnotized, or really I can't, but I'm only my body is completely attached to this. Take it out of context, we can just laugh at it. It's completely unnatural to be troubled by the underbalance of a Textbook is just a bunch of paper in your hand and a bouncy computer. They take us from the land and they got us all stupid. So laugh with me, just make a minuscule. We'll overcome the troubles because it isn't you. 
intricate issues. I gotta fix into all of the system doom because it limits you and me, baby. You can see every proof to be synthetic with a set it on a legend. Choose to think everybody needs to know a way out of this. So don't you suffocate now. You say it's gotta reach to get that. So with it, batteries and set moments, days and hours we invest. Concentrated on salaries and debt. Come on and save from all the way we stress. All it takes, look past the way we live. Everybody needs to know a way out of this. So don't you suffocate now. You say it's gotta reach to get that. So with it, batteries and set moments, days and hours we invest. So what happened to America? How did it become what it is today? Um, I mean, the wingers are going to tell you that it's one side or the other. Corporations, that's a big one. But, um, yeah, uh, people are going to tell you of all sorts, you know, that it's this or that. But the whole the whole thing needs to be looked at a little bit better, uh, a lot better, actually. And corporations are one of the reasons it destroyed America, which I will come back to. But the reason why these things need to be said is to identify uh, the wrong mentalities that are, are perpetuating a very wrong perspective out there. And that in turn perpetuates the suffering and imprisonment of planet Earth. So let's get into what was America to begin with. Um, uh, most people in my generation don't even understand or know what it is or what it was all about, you know? Uh, most people alive don't even know. And so much rewriting of, of history these days and bending of public opinion by the tell, lie, vision has reshaped the public. So no doubt a lot of people don't know much about anything on purpose to hide the things that were good about America. Um, first of all, though, as I said before, I'm not a constitutionalist. I'm sure by now that this talk, a, a lot of people probably want to pigeonhole me and define me and go, that's what he is. But you're not going to be able to do that. You know, um, My perspective is based on the idea of total and complete freedom. I'm here to see things from that idea, from that perspective, and see it for what it really is and say it what it really is so I'm not getting in any of these schools of thoughts you can try to pigeonhole too many people they try to do that they go oh he must be this or that you know well no I'm a free thinker and I chant it down and you should too America was the first new world nation where it all began well let's see the first uh, place the people settled from the outside in America was St. Augustine, Florida, settled by Spanish, and that becomes a per, the first permanent European colony in North America. Uh, then later, French began to settle the Mississippi region, and then there was Jamestown, the first permanent English settlement in America, and, and it was established by the London Company in uh, Southeast Virginia. So, um, you know, people came over, and of course, you could go back to Columbus, but I, I don't believe that Columbus was the first to find the Americas. I know that that's a bunch of crap. But um, people fled their former land for different reasons. Uh, some were economical to bring bring product from the new world, 
for the New World, uh, growing tobacco, cotton, etc., and later bring slaves. And some were seeking freedom from oppressive governments, and that is an honorable thing, as I said earlier, something you could do back then before the globe was all gridded up into countries and everything was owned. Um, but uh, the problem is, from the beginning, these new settlers didn't know how to live on planet Earth. They were civilizers. They didn't understand how to respect the land and live with the native peoples. And, and maybe not at all, but but most came from a different way of life, which wasn't in a true rhythm of living on Earth. So that's something to really look at as we look at from that perspective on this show. Yeah, but their introduction of new ways of life also corrupted many Native peoples. The introduction of firearms, alcohol, and the concept um, that was extremely hard for any Native people to understand was private property, how you could own the land. Like, what? That's just insane. I mean, to own the land, the land is everybody's, right? Well, anyway, it seems like a, a lot of blame goes to the British settlers. And I'm not sticking up for them, but the Spanish did even more damage, if you ask me. And starting with Columbus and his four journeys, uh, each time killing natives in the West Indies, and that's why in countries like Jamaica, Haiti, Dominican Republic, you have so few indigenous peoples. I mean, hardly any at all. I think they pretty much wiped out most of the indigenous people way back then. The Spanish, I mean, they went everywhere. You know, they went all into uh, Central and South America. The, they occupied the Philippines, Morocco, the Netherlands. Um, and even here, uh, there is a pretty good working theory that the the Spanish arrived here before Captain Cook. And this was in the 1500s after uh, they would have conquered the Philippines coming back this way. Um, some people say the Spanish came first. Here's some evidence that I, I look at is the Spanish conquistador helmet is exactly the same pretty much as the Hawaiian battle helmets with the feather in the in the center. And so I believe that that was one of the big disruptions that, that caused Hawaiians to change and war amongst each other. Uh, I really do. Um, and so, but yeah, anyway, um, the Spanish, they went to South America, um, built these evil Catholic churches like Francisco Pizarro led his army into Cusco, destroyed the Inca culture and built the church, the Santa Santo Domingo on top, right on top of the Inca ruins. I mean, you know, so really if you're gonna go into uh blaming if you're gonna play the blame game, you might want to look into what the Spanish did more so than the British settlers. But back to America's self, anyway. The British settlers who eventually warded off the British and gained independence from them were people that were trying to get away from evil King George. And what most people don't know, I mean, most people don't even know why we even celebrate the 4th of July, you know? Like Independence Day, they'd set off some fireworks. You know, it, people don't even make the connection. Independent from that evil dominance. But because we're so in an evil dominance now of 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 controllers that it it won't seem like you're independent from anything now and it doesn't matter. But that is one thing we can learn from. You can always learn from any revolution from tyranny in world history. You can. So 
But it's what the people do with it afterwards, with, with their break away from tyranny, that also matters. In America's, in America's case, they created a country, um, which means a government. And back then, it wasn't much of one, but watch how it became a bigger one through time and events. Um, so one of the things to go mind from these times is that the settlers fought off the oppressors. And that, that is a noble cause. Uh, the founding fathers did have wise things to say, and it's definitely not a throw throwaway <clears throat> culture of information. Uh, they weren't perfect and 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 didn't see the need for no government, obviously, but they had great things to say that people now would be just about squelched by the brainwashed general public for saying. I mean, things that they said now, or they said then, are things that now are, whoa, that's radical, and it's not. Here, let me read you some some quotes from Founding Fathers. So these these are not throwaway people. Uh, they, they had some good things to say. And I think that, like I say, what we do on this show is we, we gold mine. We take the things that are good and put it in the pot, and we, and we, and we uh, you know, cook a good soup with it and, and assimilate it. I consider the war of, of America against Britain as the country's war, the public's war, or the war of the people in their own behalf for the security of their natural rights and the protection of their own property. Thomas Paine. Um, sure. Uh, you know, the war on people in their behalf for the security of their natural rights. Natural rights, natural law, things, nature's laws, laws that we all need to fight for. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a noble cause. Uh, here, but a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty once lost is lost forever. John Adams. Letter to Abigail Adams, July 1770-75. True. So what it's basically saying is, you know, once that freedom has been lost, well, it's very, very difficult to restore, that's for sure. Children should be educated and instructed in the principles of freedom. John Adams. Yes. Like I was saying earlier, this should all be common sense. Freedom should be common sense ingrained in children. And later when I get into a series of shows um, called Parenting in the New World Order, I want to kind of get into that a little bit and, and talk about how we need to ingrain freedom within children from the very get-go when they can understand the concepts, that what freedom really is and what we have. Not the same thing, of course. I mean, is the and um, yeah. Here's a, a Thomas Paine quote: "It is the duty of the patriot to protect his country from its government." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sure, uh, people should be protecting themselves from its government. So, from its mind control—that's what government means. So, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean. We should it should be our duty to protect people from oppressors. And couldn't agree more. Fear is the foundation of most governments. Yes, definitely. But it is so sordid and brutal a passion and renders men in whose 
breasts it predominates so stupid and miserable that Americans will not be likely to approve of any political institution which is founded on it. John Adams. Very well, very well said. The English is harder to interpret from those days, but people are basically saying the same things. Uh, a free people claim their rights as derived from the laws of nature and not as a gift of their chief magistrate, Thomas Jefferson. So well said. Yeah, a free people, they claim their rights from the laws of nature, not from the laws of man, the government. And you remember um, George Bush Sr.'s uh, talk in 1990. He said something regarding that they were against the laws of nature and succeed they will <laughs> basically he said I forget what he says I even put that sample in one of my songs at one time but yeah I mean <laughs> the very opposite of Thomas Jefferson and you wanted people wanted that guy as president well the elite wanted that guy as president that's more likely but see the so he has some great people that has some great quotes, but the things that happened a little down later down the line was more destruction of the Native Americans and the bringing of slaves to do the labor needed to make economy. And here's where it really truly took its turn of money making. When this country went to expansion of making an economy, it took its innocence away. So this country from then on was built on slavery and stolen land. So from then on, this country was founded on those ideals, and there's where it loses all uh, of my uh, respect right there, because you cannot build off the wrong idea. And there, there is a, a, the saying I always say, you know, people built off the wrong idea, who built off the wrong idea, who built off the wrong idea. So you have a structure built off the wrong idea from the, from the foundation up. Now, here's something that um, is also something to consider, and and I don't really know, you know, uh, but something to, to read is Freemasonry, America's Secret Destiny by Manly P. Hall. He talks about a philosophic empire, the New Atlantis. Um, talks about Sir, Sir Francis Bacon set up his secret society before the middle of the 17th century. And... Uh, you got to wonder if America was a plan from way back, this new Atlantis. I mean, look at the uh, Piri Rees map, or I, I forget how, I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. Uh, this is an uh, ancient map of of uh, the Western world that is to detail um, the sides of South America Antarctica and upwards and it's it's obvious that some people knew way back of the new world so that's when I say with Christopher Columbus it's like a joke come on you know but yeah so you wonder this this was uh, a plan from way back and this this Piri Rees map is evidence of the new world order from of the new world from way back I should say and but the new world order what they wanted to implement so this land America may have been crafted in the minds of the elite way back and uh, I I mean yeah it, it's it's definitely a possibility that this was all one giant plan however there were people that were 
saying some good things as I was saying the Founding Fathers' different quotes. You can't argue with that. But yeah, George Washington, Freemason, and this whole Freemason thing, I mean, you know, once they set up somewhere, then they, there's there's something that goes on with that that most of us don't even know about, you know. And I'm not as educated on exactly when or who took over and was working for the other side, but maybe one I would I would put a suspect on the suspect list would be Alexander Hamilton. And agents of the elite families, I would say, slowly took over from behind the scenes. And people like Benjamin Franklin, well, he was a member of the Hell's Fire Club in England. You know, it's like a satanic club. And, you know, they found like eight bodies underneath this foundation, of course. You know, there's something going on there. So these people, you know, when people say the Founding Fathers, yeah, there are some people within that that had already infiltrated right then and there. So... There's so much to go through in American history, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to bore you here with a boring history lesson, but let's let's skip ahead. I mean, there's a lot to happen, of course, obviously, but let's skip ahead to the Industrial Revolution and the Federal Reserve. Um, the Federal Reserve was established in 1912. A group of elite families and businessmen met on Jekyll Island and created the downturn of America for certain. Um the 16th Amendment was ratified in 1913, and the Federal Reserve System was created in that same year. So the global elite, quote-unquote, Illuminati families, solid football in, foothold into America was <clears throat> excuse me, uh, right then and there. I mean, that is when, like, boom, here they have their entire control. They had some control before and influence, but this is when they set their foot down, yeah? So, um, most of my listeners, are, I think, are pretty well educated, but just for the record, the Federal Reserve is not a government agency. The truth is that it is privately owned. It's a central bank. It is owned by the banks that are members of the Federal Reserve System. We do not know how much of the system each bank owns because that has never been disclosed to the American people, but a lot. And the way our system works, whenever more money is created, more debt is created as well because the Federal Reserve creates money out of thin air. It, you know, it has way, way too much power. It can bail out who it wants. Look at the bailouts in 2008. It can create false bubbles in the economy, which is, you know, currently doing. And um, notice right afterward, after the the after 1913, the uh, in that time, that that is when, well, as soon as it was the Federal Reserve was established, double, uh, World War One began. And since then, more more huge wars than the Earth has ever seen since that Federal Reserve, that central bank, was put in. And, I mean, World War One and World War Two changed the planet, definitely changed America. And during these times, uh, advancements in technology increased. And, 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 and then you have, you know, things like um, this Industrial Revolution in the, in the teens. You have the, in the 20s, you have the creation of the motion picture, the automobile starting and people starting to fly you know you had a rapidly changing world and most of it spearheaded right here in america which i again go back to that statement with manly p hall 
and this new Atlantis. You know, I think it was a plan from the beginning. You know, you know I'm not saying all the the, the founding fathers were, were in on that, but I'm saying that it was definitely, I think, this plan from the beginning. So, um, uh, a lot of people from the generation that after World War II, I mean, by the end of it, World War II, you have a prosperous nation. So Americans feel that they won the war, and a lot of pride, pride came in around this time. This is the time period in which, you know, America was really proud because they figured out, well, they, they, they were able to stop the world dominators. So it seems, you know, um, a lot of people from this generation are the biggest patriots and supporters of America because it meant something, and people were often unified back then. There wasn't as much division. And there's a lot to be said about the, I would say, the solidarity of people. It, it is honored, and, and it goes far in the universe, good or evil, solidarity. The people's will combined creates magic in the universe. So even if it's unified for something that's not the full truth or whatever, there's something to be said about that. It, it, the, the universe honors that. And a lot of people from this generation really were on the same page because you know that was such a huge event, World War II. The economy was good, and the way of life was the best on earth, as long as you were white, and it was the white man's most privileged time in America, right there, after World War II, 50s, 60s, or most of them, you know. And uh, now, I, I don't get on the, as I've said on the show, I, I don't get on the politically correct bandwagon that is pushed out there. Um, there's so much I find that... Um, there's so much I find that the bad mouthing of white people to be a program being pushed out there through media. So one thing, I mean, it's overdone. It's also something that people are not able to to uh, have a dialogue about, and and due to the fact that people have knee jerk reactions from programming of this politically correct agenda out there, which is full of uh, holes and honestly has done more bad than good. So although there are, you know, obviously these these um white oppressors and everything, the thing is, today, people are more or less on the same playing field. And a lot of the people that uh a lot of people bring up, you know, things about this race group and that race group and these are these are ancestors we're talking about. And and things that most people alive today are not even part of. You know, America is so stuck on all that. And and it and it's um I think boiling into a uh, you know, a, more future problems in, here in the world uh in the United States. I mean, uh but yeah, back to uh post World War 2, it was a great time even if you were a minority in your own neighborhood because uh guns and hard drugs weren't implemented by the CIA yet. It was an obviously racist world back then, but uh, at least uh, it, you know times were a little more innocent, yeah. And it was a it was a prosperous time, and this is where America gets its big ego starts from. This you could say golden era, you know, you you could actually make a living, and the nuclear family was the big deal. Family was sold uh, uh, on TV as a as a uh, an idea, you know, and and it and 
it promoted family and it was solid. Family was solid. And this this is the golden era if you were white. You know, people were much nicer and friendlier. I mean, how do I know this? I mean, I asked a lot of different old people and you talked to them about how the world was back then. You can also just see from the movies back then. Things were cleaner as far as violence and people were more polite. And every everyone went to church, you prayed in school, things were more innocent. Um, you could leave your door unlocked. And again, whether that's good or bad, you know, people go, oh, well, that's terrible. They prayed in school. You know, they, and no, no, you know what, though? Solidarity. There was a solidarity. And was, and regardless of good or bad, um, those days were prosperous because there was a solidarity. And people had, you know, it was an illusion, but it, it, it was solidarity. So it was really just an illusion, though, you know. It, it was still the same country that founded that economy on stolen land and slavery and long forgotten the roots of natural rights. So this was, you know, built off the wrong idea, built off the wrong idea, but a good time period of the built off the wrong idea type of perspective. Because we didn't really win World War II. I mean, come on. The Nazi scientists were brought to America, Project Paperclip, and American businessmen <clears throat> funded the Nazis like Prescott Bush and you know when World War II ended guess what was created the CIA and other uh, you know huge conglomerates like the United Nations and all that so people live this way uh, in in America like there was no tomorrow too and they lived at the mercy of destroying the earth. Many many of the materials used back then were full on. I mean, look at look at how cars were all heavy metals back then, uh, big big heavy things, you know. And now they're half plastic, as you know. Or as an example, like uh, find a glass bottle from those times. I, I dug up a glass bottle out of the dirt years ago, and and it was just solid. This thing was like you you could. You cannot break it over somebody's head, you know. You cannot break it over um, any anything without it, – it'd be hard to break these bottles, you know, and it stood the time. So things were made better back then too. Um, but the thing is, is that was, that was, you know, when so many toxic substances were worked with that, you know, people had no idea and, you know. So – but anyway, again, this was a great time if you were white. But back then, the population was smaller, and the Earth could support that way of life. Well, but not really. I mean, look at how much pollution and destruction came from that mindless uh, period. So, in a way, this is this is uh, the America that conservative America wants today, to a degree, I think. They believe in the illusion that this is God's country, and when could it be farther from the truth, you know? Especially, you know, um, these people now, they think that that's the same. But but what happened, there's a lot of things that happened, of course. What happened soon after was MKUltra. And um, let me tell you here, here the, um, in the 1950s and 60s, the CIA engaged in an extensive program of human experimentation, MKUltra, using drugs, psychological, and other means in search of techniques to control human behavior for counterintelligence and covert action purposes. 
Most of the MK Ultra records were deliberately destroyed in 1973 by the order of then DCI Richard Helms. Helms testified that he agreed to destroy the records because there had been relationships with outsiders in government agencies and other organizations that these would be sensitive in this kind of a thing this kind of a thing but that that since the mind control program was over and finished and done with we thought we would just get rid of all files as well so that anybody who assisted us in the past would not be subject to follow up questions embarrassment if you will hmm. yeah well you you know um and there there was a leak there and of course the america of course america was was experimented on this is when the tv entered the home and a lot of things were happening so um this quote unquote golden era was um culture creation and mind manufacturing time too so these are people out there um that have long wanted to control and they just needed the technology to do so then there's also so so here we got into the 60s and this this is where things change a lot on uh you know I don't want to bore you with this history type lesson I'm I'm just kind of getting to the point and showing you how things are set up to what they are now but um yeah the a lot of people are saying uh, conspiracy researchers out there are saying that the, the 60s hippie movement was completely a social experiment. I mean, look into the Laurel Canyon conspiracy, and people say almost all these influential bands from the 1960s came from there in America. Um, but see, the light 60s were also an important time because this reality of the nuclear family and living how it lived and being elitist to any other ways of life, including racist to other countries and and its own people in in the country had to come to uh the illusion had to end right so and it did but whether it was mk ultra or not some of the fruits of this era were actually good of the 60s i mean i think lsd was a mistake because if it was indeed uh unleashed onto the population via um mk ultra programs then I think it was a mistake because it allowed people to think outside this picture. People started wanting to really be free, really be free, you know, going back to nature and taking mind-altering substances that open up to consciousness and shed the layers of the system. That's a good thing. So the fruits of this time period, there are good things. I mean, that's really getting back to real freedom, you know. You know, to, to want to say F the system and go travel in a van and explore consciousness. I mean, that's 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 actually true freedom right there you know and and also i mean the civil rights movement for for um black america and other minorities you know voices were being heard and and there were good things coming out of this time that needed to break that illusion it wasn't a real uh the golden era of of america or whatever you want to call it you know it wasn't a real good time it was a fake good time but good if you were if you're white and privileged yeah sure uh, but the problem is that many of the hippies were just rich kids, and uh, rich kids don't have a real grasp on reality because they can, can always just get more money from mom and dad. Oh, mom, I need I need an extra thousand for a few months so I can, you know, sit around with my friends all day. Okay, son, we love you. You know, uh, and so 
but of course, the system got a hold of the movements of all sorts. I infiltrated and you turned them, made people return into the system and get regular jobs again. Because these, again, these parents are going to be like, kids, you got to come back to reality. Here, have it. And with the government, um, with the system being able to infiltrate the movement, you know, it was U-turned. And the problem is the 60s created a schism in America. Now there was this rebellion from what was solidarity in America, so solidarity, and, you know, the, the 50s and early 60s, even though illusion and built off the wrong things, there was solidarity. And then after the 60s, division. The elite know how to work division, um, you know, divide and rule. And of course, these same sorts of points of view were manipulated by the system over years in America to the liberal, liberal conservative fight we have today. So you have these, uh, um, yeah, you have these uh, people, these movements that were brought within, like the New Age movement, um, the feminist movement, things that were peddled by the inside Satanists. You know, I'm not saying that women should not be free and and treated equally. It's not that, but the feminist movement was definitely designed by the elite and stuck in there too. So, see, they take advantage of movements and they use them and they and they and they help create um, these these perspectives. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, so we have today in in America. We have, because of this, a heavy conservative side and a liberal fight. And you know what? Both sides can go eat a piece of poop because uh, sides, both sides have a, don't have any clue on what real freedom is. And, and so today, those sides just suck. And I hate that whole argument, and it needs to be thrown out, and we need to chant it down. And we have on this show. That's not what today's talk is exactly about, so I don't want to get stuck on that sub uh, subject matter. But here's the real ruining of of America. That even back then, it was still a good place to live, at least. Corporations. And here, so the early 70s and the oil crises shifted the power around more. And this is a huge one. As, as some people say, uh, Wall Street replaced Main Street. And during uh, America's golden era, you could say, you could walk onto a city street and find all locally owned businesses, mom and pops, and, and someone could do really well, you know, and, and you didn't have to compete against large giants. But, uh, you know, back then, big businesses didn't get out of control. But here we go, you know, corporations coming into power, outsourcing of labor created less jobs. And, you know, having something made in China for pennies and pure profit gave corporations an edge. And um, so uh, new discoveries in information and, co and communications such as computers, uh, eventually mobile phones, and then later on the Internet made it easier to plan and coordinate national and global campaigns and move to uh, more capital and production around the world. And not to mention things like air transport and um, container shipping and, you know, cr created the conditions for global consumer markets. And here we have a change in the whole chessboard. And uh, 
Things like professions such as public relations, advertising, and lobbying developed a sophisticated new techniques that enable corporations to to mobilize support to their economic and political goals. So they, you know, this is the takeover of of mass corporations. And then and then you have things like, well, here it says, you know, changes in family structure and job opportunities allowed corporations to take over what had been family responsibilities. In other words, McDonald's replaced mom's cooking, and TV became the new babysitter, and Hollywood and Madison Avenue taught children about food, shopping, sex, and relationships. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And patients learned about new drugs from advertisements rather than from their family doctor or local pharmacist. And from their inception, the primary objective of corporations to take was to make money from their investors, and their investors were these elite uh, you know, globalists. Sorry to to whoever who who wrote that. I I forgot where I found that last paragraph I read. Um, you know, sometimes you get putting stuff together, and I forgot where that came from. But you know what they're saying is um, one of the things that happened is the feminist movement, which I talked about a minute ago, brought more women out of the home to get careers, and the family started to go to shit. Uh, definitely, the media raised kids, and I used to come home after school every afternoon and watch three hours of TV. You know, so when I went through the Tell Live Vision Vision series, yeah, it's personal for me. Yeah, I went through the programming too, and uh, uh, yeah. So this has created a shit America right now. I, corporations disgust me. Suburban America disgusts me. I mean, all of these small towns that have been turned into these plastic corporate creations. I mean, no, you know, I'm talking about modern day now. I mean, everywhere you turn, it's Chevron, McDonald's, KFC, Taco Bell, Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven. You know, and it's disgusting. I mean, towns that would have would have character, and, and a character that could be reflected of the community, but has been replaced by corporate take takeover and created very dull communities, ugly plastic signs and sterile environments and I mean me personally, I would rather live in a ghetto or an old part of town that's run down than the suburbs. It it looks like shit, you guys. It does. I mean I hate I hate corporate America. This 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 whole takeover, these new developments and I mean all the towns across America they look the same to me. You you pull in the parking lot of Target and you have a KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut combination in the front and and, and in the front of the lot and then you have like, you know, uh corporate gas station next to that and it's just the same old thing. And my my friend calls the the thing uh Kentucky Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, you know, yeah. I mean, this conglomeration, and there you go. That's the that's the uh, the conglomeration of power, and just you know, everything becoming one is oh, it's disgusting. And then all the new development in these neighborhoods, in you know, these cookie cutter neighborhoods, where you know, I wonder if people ever enter the wrong home because they all look like a factory producing like. Each one has the exact same amount in between it. I mean, you know, that's just. It's disgusting. There's no character. These aren't dream homes built. It's it's there's no there's no uh vision. It's just the uh, it's just disgusting. It's enough to make anyone go crazy. It's it's sick. It's there's no character. 
And so corporations, they greatly destroyed America. And these corporations all have the their free Masonic symbolism uh, tied into ancient magic. It, and uh, it's like you, you can just see the sold souls by looking at this symbolism everywhere. You can go, oh, oh yeah, there's Walmart, sold souls, you know. Oh, there's uh, Taco Bell, sold souls, you know. And for sure enough, yeah. And that's where you can get a job. You can get a manager job at Walmart and make $10 an hour. Yeah, wee. I'm so excited. And, and uh, yeah, so because... These corporations, see, at the top somewhere, these guys are in cahoots with the elite banking families and, and part of the one-worlders. And they, they've been funded. They've been, they've been taken care of. You know, they're their boys. You know, like, it, that's, their, that's their men in, in these corporate um, businesses that have taken over. And here, here's a quote. You know, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. Thomas Jefferson. Very well said. I mean, homeless. Yes, look at all the homeless people. This island, Oahu, has over 6,000 homeless people on it. You know, um, not even taken care of. And, and yeah, these corporations, these institutions, these private banks are more dangerous than standing armies. Look at how what America became just through corporate America. Here, American corporations actually supplied jobs to Americans, but that's not even the case anymore. And even then, American corporations found new and interesting ways to maim, cheat, and otherwise give the shaft to their American employees. Americans practice a sort of blind faith when it comes to corporations. It's like we trust them to do the right thing. So much so that we're willing to say, okay, to potentially hazardous practices in regard to our resources, communities, and families. Americans trust that corporations wouldn't knowingly endanger us. Uh, and Americans trust that corporations have their best interest of our towns and cities at heart. <laughs> and Americans trust corporations to do the best for their employees. Yet time and time again, corporations prove that they have only one interest, the bottom line. Make money and screw you. That is for sure. I got that from um, the same source of information that I forgot earlier. And I'm sorry, uh, when I pulled it from, I, I'm sorry again. I, But uh, hey, I couldn't agree more if, if uh, this is recognized out there. But yeah, working for corporations, it sucks. I mean, you get your cattle product. You're just a number. I mean, it's like today's Hawaiian shirt day. We we get to have fun at work. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Uh, drug tested randoms. I hate corporations. I mean, um, you know, random drug tests. I had to take a re random drug test when I worked at a restaurant at a hotel. You know, I'm not operating uh, heavy machinery there. 
and I get randomly drug tested and I have to worry because I like to once in a while uh, burn a little ganja and I have to worry about that. I mean, that's insane. You know, uh, the people have let it get to this level. And corporations, all the stupid ass rules. I mean, I'm getting angry just thinking about all this. I need to take a little break and I will. And um, here, listen to a little bit of music. I... Uh, I um I'm going to play a song that never made my album. I had, you know, some some songs that just didn't really fit and you know, I had to, you know, take I had to cut some things out and I felt that uh that was good because, you know, I want to make quality and and so this was a part 2 to a song called, like, called Self-Righteous that I I wrote uh at like in like the year 2000. So this is an old song, but anyway, um most of my album is is old and uh have a listen and I'll see you on the other side of the break. No matter your social status, if you have it, you have it. It's the attitude that you're fabulous and others inadequate. Human inhabitants have had it since somebody took advantage of another. They get the glamour to become a better image in their eyes. And this is just their pride with the vision that their life on a podium and others on the lower end. And now today the globe has been expanded in these tainted ways. Ego is the problem while the world is so insane today. It's a common problem and the world is all about it. Just to keep the world revolving, they rely on us to have it. It's automatic. In our culture to react using our ego Problematic, it's not natural to be walk around conceited If your pride is already humble, then I think that you can see it If you had a hard life struggle or you took some LSD hits People go to counseling cause they can't live with their ego But they never cure the problem cause the system is what feeds it We gotta have an ego Because we have to be constantly on the defensive mode From this world that constantly insults us and enslaves us They keep us on the ego so we don't vibrate at a higher frequency Who are you really? Who do you really think you are? Who are you really? Who do you really think you are? Who are you really? Who do you really think you are? It's significant the universe will set you down to dust who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Boom. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Boom. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Insignificant, the universe will sift you down to dust. You're just scared and insecure. Down to dust. We're all babies once. We're just human. We all take them. We're just human. That's all we are. That's all you ever are. And don't forget it. Yep. So, um... I'm a recording artist, or was, or on hiatus from, you could say, if you've never um, listened to me before, I play my music on and off through broadcasts, and uh, I do have an album for sale uh, that is always available, um, it's called Waking the Systemites. And it's it's fairly old now, but timeless, and it's chanting down in a musical form. And so if you want to support me, the show, uh, order the album. Um, right now, <clears throat> I'm still setting things up for a future website and everything. But for now, just uh, email me, or if you ever want to get a hold of me, at stayrootsmusic at gmail.com, and that'll... Uh, you know, we'll work that out, and in the future, it'll be much easier. But um, radio is one of those things I can barely find enough time to uh, work on too much. So, anyway, I don't know if I'm gonna have time in this broadcast to finish everything I wanted to say, but I'm gonna try my very best. And if it works, it works. Uh, hopefully, it will. 
and if not, then uh, we'll see where we'll have to take it. And if I get cut off, uh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I came across this. This is this is um, this is David Brant Burke. He's a he's a like a radicalized Christian, and but he he um, had a lot to say about America's degradation, and he uh, he he's he's a uh, you know, this is not going to sound very Christian, but that's cool because I enjoy someone who comes from a viewpoint like this coming from from this. But here, here it goes. Um, she's a big fat whore whose blank is awful sore and whose profiters are poor because she is no more. She's an old whore. She's old and ugly and diseased and proud and pompous. She's so selfish. She's cruel and destructive, and all her little European money pimps better dump her or they'll go down with her. They have been making money from her hire, and they've been investing in her wages. But her wages and dollars are going to turn to ashes. They're going to be like sand between their teeth, like grit from her nitty-gritty. And and they're going to grind their teeth and hate her because she's lost them money. (laughs) America the whore has seduced and infected the whole world. That uh, old, ugly, diseased, broken-down whore, she can't F anymore, and all her money pimps who invested in her are going to go broke if they don't get out. They need to get their money and get out of her, lest they be partakers of her sins and they share her judgments. They better get out if they be God's people, blessed by God. They'll get out of the whore Babylon and let her die, lest they be partakers of her sins. Wow. So this guy is, you know, this is this is old. This is 70s. He's talking about this way back then, and he's got some, some insight, obviously, knowing European money pimps are part of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the fornic- people have fornicated with this whore. Well, what I look at is, um, you know, how proud and pompous and so i mean here we go this is a this is the the bulk of what i wanted to say all day but important to understand so you know how did it people become the way they are and so some say it's government's fault to an extent it is sure it's the media definitely it's the global elite but it is what it is and we have to look at what it is today so uh it a lot of it is also ego ran amok. And I've done a whole show called Ego Ran Amok before, but too long of a time has America thought it was the best. And powerful mind control and degradation has left uh led a condition of to a condition of people that is completely ugly, disgusting. And I'm here to insult the meat of this culture. Uh and what I mean by that is when I talk about insulting the meat, I'm talking about with uh, an old Bushman uh, saying in the Kalahari Desert in Africa, when a hunter comes back with, from the kill with a big, big um, whatever they killed, uh, uh, they they make fun of the hunter so he doesn't get too big of an ego. 
and he makes fun of himself. So they have a self-chanting down system embedded in their culture to where nobody gets too big of an ego and run, lets it run amok. That's their way of keeping the ego down. Well, anyway, that's insulting the meat. Well, I'm insulting the meat of this culture. This ego's gone way too far out of control, and this is Chant It Down Radio, and somebody's got to chant it down, so I'm going to chant it down. Now, let's take a look at the people. Now, some, some Americans think that other countries don't like America because of our freedom, but I think it's more like because of America's attitude. It's how Americans, as a collective, hold themselves. This sense of entitlement everywhere Americans go, or the attitude like, that's not how we do it in America, and then, then why the hell do you travel, you know? You left home to see something new, and you go there, well, that's not how we do it in America, you know? And, and the ignorance toward other cultures and countries is absurd. I mean, I'm sorry, but Americans don't even travel. Most don't even leave 500 miles from where they're born. That's a true, true uh, <clears throat> statement there. And, and, I mean, just a funny side note. I mean, um, if, if you go to uh, any British-run, well, many like UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, well, I don't know about Canada, but... Uh, <clears throat> You know, it's a funny side note. Uh, the word fanny packs. Uh, it's it somebody, I mean, you know, the word fanny, too. I don't know if you know or not, but it's like uh, a fanny in, in those cultures is a vagina, right? It's it's a woman's vagina. And so uh, um, to have to wear a fanny pack, and it's even funny that someone would name their daughter Fanny. I mean, Americans Americans should at least know about that, but Americans don't want to know about anybody else's culture. They don't know, they're ignorant about. But yeah, I mean, would you name your daughter vagina or pussy? No. You know? But that's what that's what makes so many people laugh. Um in those countries cuz we use the word fanny as as like a fanny pack. Fanny Mae, Fanny Mac or Freddie Mac. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I live here in Hawaii and we get to see America from the outside. You know, we're as far away as you can get in America and still be America, right? Is Hawaii perfect? Not at all. Hawaii's not getting out of this chant down either, but what we get to see is mainlanders and the absurd culture that Hawaii tries to fight being out here. We try not to be the mainland, and <clears throat> there's reasons why. I mean... Uh, people that are actually from here don't relate with mainland culture. It looks crazy, crazy, and and it insults this culture because it's very, it's very uh, unconscious. And not to say people in Hawaii are conscious, but um, it's it's not something that it people like. It, it's even crazy to us out here. We we get to see American visitors act a fool out here. And yeah, Hawaii's not perfect either. A, a lot of people are dumbed down and passive here. I see that a lot. Uh, people care about their football, eat terrible diets, and don't bother to learn much. You know, and and Hawaii is not paradise. At least this island anymore. I mean, Hawaii is becoming a crowded place. This island is very crowded. The traffic and the type of people that are moving here are not necessarily cool people. Mostly spoiled brat rich people who think they're entitled to Hawaii when they don't know anything about the place, but they think they do. And, you know, I was I was happy when I saw David Icke here. Um, this was a couple, oh, I don't know now, uh, 
2012, I think he came here. I like what he said. He he got up on stage and he said something to the effect of, you know, people out here act like you can hide out here and get away from it all. And, um, you know, then try to ignore <clears throat> what's going on in the rest of the world. But you can't. And he he was being pretty serious and, and some people got offended by by what he was saying, but he was right, you know, because some people come out here to get away from the mainland, but really, you know, it's like you cannot hide from the new world order. It's a world thing, and it's this is just part of the United States. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, a little side note, I mean, some sometimes Hawaii takes action for certain threats to it, I, and I like that aspect, but I, I wish people would care about some of the serious issues in the world and get just as riled up about that as they get riled people get riled up about putting telescopes on Mauna Kea or the super ferry system <clears throat> in 2007 you know people actually blocked the ferry because they didn't want it on the island of Kauai they actually blocked the ferry with their surfboards and jet skis I mean that's cool action right but people need to care about some of the more crucial things and, and it's just that people aren't educated on it and so, but but what Hawaii, I mean, what Hawaii still does have is one thing, and that is respect for one another. It hasn't taken on what, on that satanic, out for self mentality as much as the mainland, I would say. So that's one thing I, I really do uh, like about of Hawaii is it has it's still people still have more respect for somebody, you know. Uh, but yeah. Raised in America by a degraded generation that was raised on TV. People just get worse down the line. And my generation, I guess I'm considered a Generation X or, or Y. I, I'm not really quite sure. Somewhere in there, you know? And, uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of my generation is has an unsophisticated sense of humor and a love of low culture trashy tattoos look bad now how about in 10 years and trashy mouths every word is a cuss word you know uh and especially my generation and younger and and no respect from one another when i was in seattle i tried to uh walk by i had my kids and I tried to walk on a sidewalk with this other lady. She had to step off a little bit and go on the road and come back just because, you know, there's not enough room on the sidewalk. I turned around behind me and she's flipping me off. I'm like, you know, that doesn't happen here in Hawaii at least. And and that's just the lack of respect. Why? You know, people are idiots. And and there and and there's a this appreciation for ignorant people. Uh people like being dumb, you know? People are, there's an appreciation for ignorance, and and there's an appreciation for violence, uh, you know, like such as like my town has the highest murder rate. Yeah, yeah, as if that's badass. Yeah, that's real badass. Cool, I like that. That's pretty awesome. It's bragging rights. Yeah, you know, things that they have, you know, things that have um, that are bad that have almost been turned around to be cool. You know, uh, there's an appreciation for shallowness. People that actually love that low-level fluff, that and that that's where they like to hold themselves. So if you talk about this, like, no, that's dumb, dude. I want to listen. I want to watch my show, you know. And and there's a depreciation for knowledge. I mean, information and and 
information and truth, people that actually have something to say, are not even appreciated because usually it means people have to change something about themselves. And nor does anyone have an attention span to even listen to knowledge. And that is uh, a direct um, media mind control person trait that I cover back in the um, last uh, television vision series. Now, I may cut out, uh, and if this episode ends now, I'm sorry, I didn't time it right, but if it gives me some overtime, and I hope that it does, I can finish this entire presentation. And uh, believe me, listen to this this uh, in segments anyway, because this is probably the longest presentation I've done on Channel Down Radio. So um, we're going to go into possible overdrive here and if it doesn't let me then we will chant it down again and continue to chant down these egos and get into the meat and insult the meat of this culture but let's see how it goes here let's see if we'll get me into some overdrive here because i don't want to get stuck in the middle of what i want to say we'll see will it give me over time it may give me some overtime here. Uh, find this out in a minute here. Huh. Well, if you're still listening and I'm not off the air, I will continue trying here. We'll see what happens. Huh. I don't know if I'm recording or not. But they haven't kicked me off, so we'll see. So uh, if this is coming through, great. Um, so I, I noticed that in uh, modern urban culture and, and the changes through media that have created effeminate men who act like homosexuals, even when they are straight, and masculinized women who act like they were raised in jail or in the urban ghetto. I mean, you know, people talking like that, and this role reversal, which is, you know, being pushed through the media. And I see a, a lot of that, these unnatural role reversals in, in the large cities. And so too much comfort and the avoidance of real struggle or hardship has given adults the emotional development of children. I see this all the time. And that mentality says also that there's a depreciation for humility also. Uh, one of the root causes. People act like admitting you were wrong is a weakness. And and argumentative attitudes, which I'll come back to, you know, that's one of the, the prime problems of this cognitive dissonance and this country that's blocked by ego. I know of many grown-up people that act like teenagers still. And this is one of the traits of this media-run culture. It's this it's this um never grew up because they're still in this this uh <clears throat> mentality in which they they <clears throat> just never they never grew up those those emotions. And of course, there's Hollywood, which, which poisons the world, world's culture by normalizing narcissism, narcissism, and, and consumerism, and <clears throat> creating bad movies and such. And it's created a selfish culture. 
I mean, look, everybody's taking selfies. Look, look at me. Look where I'm at. People that have their entire Facebook and Instagram filled with pictures of themselves. I've noticed mainly women, you know, and, and you just go and you see their page and it's just one picture after another. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. And this is not just an American thing, but it's sprouted from American media. It's this, this me-me culture, which if you get into some research and really know what Satanists think like, that's a direct thing that they do as well. And then there's this competitive conversation culture where people talk about themselves. Instead of listening, uh, you know, they, they just talk about themselves. Contemplative silences are looked upon as even boring or creepy, and everyone must be jabbing. No appreciation for silence. And uh, that also is the breeding of competition. And that comes straight from media, too. Uh, this, you know, competitive conversation, you know, that, that, that I must be right. And we'll get back to that more. But that tells me that people are disconnected. If they don't want to enjoy a little silence, that they, they don't know what to do with themselves in silence. And, you know, they they have to be doing something. I see some people; they have to be touching their phone. They can't just sit there and think. And 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 of course, that's because of a hopeless addiction to entertainment, technology, and celebrity gossip. And so, America loves entertainment. It's a, a media-driven culture, and the first to really be fully brought up on television. For sure, and let's let's just look at it plain and simple. Um, it's the truth. I mean, I always felt like so many people were heartless and hostile growing up. Um, but the more I look at it, and the more I realize American people have a lot wrong with them. I mean, egos way out of control. Yeah, I mean, I always felt like there was just something wrong as a kid, and I never really could identify it. But these are egos that never were squelched. Egos unchecked by idiot parents whose egos were already ran amok. And, and you know, that is because people birthed in a state of confusion, by people birthed in a state of confusion, by people birthed in the state of confusion, and on down the line it goes to we have a society of people who are completely not knowing, completely not even understanding what they're doing and and how they've allowed ego to ran amok in this culture. You know, America is full of more people that need to shut their mouth, their loud mouth, than any other countries. I mean, Americans are just loud and, and don't care that everyone else hears their conversation. You know, um, like this girl I heard on her cell phone talking about her business and 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 that she needs to get, um, you know, she's you know talking about her her yeast infection uh, and needs to get stuff for it. Out loud, in a public, at a restaurant, so careless and unconscious. I don't need to hear that. Come on. You know, yeah, other cultures are loud. I mean, Brazilians are loud. Chinese, Portuguese, Italians, all very loud, I've noticed. But it's it's about careless and ignorantly loud. Yeah, it's about people who are just there to not caring about what other people are saying, yapping on their cell phone, you know, I mean, I don't understand those other languages, but those cultures are very loud, but this is ignorantly loud. And there's so many obnoxious characters, people that never were told that they are ridiculous and annoying and need to shut up, you know? And then impatience. I was talking about that earlier. This this goes back to what I was talking about 
um, with the quantity over quality impatience and short attention spans and of course you know those are uh, that's a trait of a media controlled society uh but people that just you know want it now and need it now fast fast go 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 you know and never put any any quality into time that's 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 american culture for you and it's and it's uh it shows me this is a off balance culture and if the whole culture is wrong it's wrong as i've said on this show before so many complainers too i mean oh my god for example the types of people that that go to restaurants and then they try to get their money back because they didn't like the food but they ate it and and they go on an or maybe you know they go they go to the extra lengths just to complain and get their money back cuz you know they just want to do that you know or, or they go on an excursion somewhere like a tour or a uh you know like a boat ride or whatever you know and and they're the first to complain and make a big deal. Americans are always the first to complain, make a big deal, and they go on the internet and try to destroy a business. You know, sites like Yelp, just you know, just to be sabotagers and damage a credibility that may not even be that bad. And dumb to people that nitpick and complain on those sites. Dumb. I mean, look at look at that. Your stupid attitude, if you do that kind of stuff, to be vindictive and damaging, seeking to ruin somebody or some business, you know, just because it's not up to my standard. That's spoiled brat-ism, and I'm chanting that down. And and, and that's a very strong American trait, you know. Uh, I'm going to get a lawyer, and I'm going to take you down. Vindictive people that just can't wait to use that nasty side. And then there's drama seekers you know those those are drama seekers too those that's the another media uh controlled trait for for sure definitely look what kind of warp mentality that is particularly bad in america i mean i believe that that's where it it truly vibrates from and and it it is it's true and childish behaviors I mean, spoiled bratism, like, you know, I was talking about in the Star Wars review. These are adult children. That's all they are. And little kid mentality, stuck in childlike state people walking around. These are not grown-up minds. People walking around. And also, often, I've noticed, Americans often hate each other and are quick to hate and quick to anger. So quick, you know, quick to snap. They can't wait to use that nasty side. And that is wrong. That's that's not okay. And I you know, I I one time I asked these people from New Zealand of what they thought of American culture. And they were like, Everyone seems so angry. And I had to ask them to the you know, the honest question after I, I said bad things about America in front of them so they felt more comfortable voicing their honest opinion because you know they're not going to just say that to an American probably without realizing that what I I said something first bad about Americans and so they kind of opened up but yeah that's right everyone seems so angry why is everybody so angry and it, and it seems like everyone's tired of each other again so ready to use that hostile vindictive attitude just it's gotten out of control and there's a problem here it's a big problem now here check this out this is kind of long um this is uh from this blog i was talking about with this called american suck blog but this is so true and this is the heart 
of my rant here um, because this is why it's hard to get the truth out. This is pure cognitive dissonance, and here it is. If there is one thing Americans love more than fast food, football, and or God, it's being right. If you're reading this and you're not an American, perhaps you've recognized this aspect of the American culture. You know how Americans will argue just about anything. What's more, you've probably also noticed that in those arguments, in spite of anything else being right, it's more important that fickle things like logical facts or actual oh, – oh, wait – in spite of anything else, being right is more important that, that fickle things like logical facts or actual empirical data. If you're reading this and you're an American, chances are you're thinking something along the lines of, this douchebag doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And I hate to tell you, but you're wrong, friend. See? Americans love to argue about almost anything, yet the worst part isn't that they love to argue. It's that they love to argue over shit about which they have no stinking clue. Absolutely. If that wasn't bad enough, Americans don't want to know anything. They just want to argue about it. Most are what I call aggressively ignorant. I love that. The majority of Americans are distrustful, distrustful of knowledge in any real sense of the word. They hate anything associated with academic scholar, intelligentsia, or the like. But that doesn't stop them from having an opinion just about every freaking subject known to mankind. Many of America's aggressively ignorant fall into the category of conservative or religious right or the newest brand of red-blooded Americans, teabaggers. For the most part, this special breed of American gets his or her information from pundits and radio disc jockeys who, because they are Americans, disseminate all kinds of falsehood veiled in truth and facts. Whenever someone calls the idiots on some fallacy that someone probably that someone probably educated or even worse foreign is immediately categorized as one of the following a liberal, a socialist, un-American, or any combination of the three. You can always tell when the aggressively ignorant get riled up because their voices immediately rise about 100 decibels and they start saying things like, you're an idiot, or just more liberal, socialist, bedwetter nonsense. And thus the argument ends. And that's how most arguments in America go, especially those dealing with politics, religion, or individual lifestyles. Then the disciples of these blowhards regurgitate the same nonsense at any given chance. When faced with an opposing viewpoint, they, like their idols, raise the volume or that, or when that doesn't work, resort to name-calling, belittling, or otherwise attacking the individual who had the gall to put up the challenge, all in the name of being right. I know this is a bit long, but here, I mean, and, and don't think that it's just the conservatives. Nope, those well-intentioned elitist liberals are just as bad, if not worse, because they actually have pa paperwork to back up their sense of intellectual entitlement. While the more right-leaning people of this country distrust education, because education is, after all, a sanctuary for dangerous liberal thought, the lefties commander education as a platform for a kind of veiled, aggressive ignorance. 
pseudo-intellectuals and recent college graduates wave their education around as though a mandate from their nation's ivory towers giving them an intellectual carte blanche. They manipulate knowledge to fit their own agenda like their conservative brethren. Disseminate said knowledge as truth and fact and do so with an air of superiority because after all they are educated the leaders of both sides massage the populace in one direction or the other and work the unwashed masses into dervish or self-proclaimed experts quote-unquote on everything from abortion rights to economic policy however most of these idiots will never take the time to actually research any such issues on their own the one side will never step foot in a library, and the other will never take the time to listen to any counter-argument because neither of these scenarios satisfy the ingrained American lust for being right. The consequence of this brand of stubbornness is an intellectual gridlock stretching from the heartland debates in America's diners to legislative arguments on the floor of Congress, everyone scrapping for a piece of the right pie. And while Americans are fussing over the ownership of righteousness, uh, the, the national, the nation's economy, education system, inf industrial infrastructure, healthcare system, and government are all falling down around us. Pretty soon, being right will be all that there is that is left. Will anyone take a break from the argument to notice? Probably not. And that was again from uh, American Suck blog, and I felt that that was a really important thing to read because it it sums it up all so perfectly, this attitude. And so true. The liberal leftists, they piss me off um, even more sometimes because they act like they're informed. They talk from some type of intellectual standpoint. But they're, they're often even more duped into being systemites, I mean, than the other side. And, and this is the cognitive dissonance that prevents the truth from being known. Uh, denial and cognitive dissonance. And that's another trait of a media-controlled society. Because they think, because they heard it from the tele live vision, and it's been cemented through several different sources, that it must be fact stupid idiots. And that's why a lot of us, truth speakers, researchers, uh, lecturers, and are often irritated. And it's because we see what we're up against. This kind of cognitive dissonance that is just ridiculous. I mean, people that would throw the truth right back at you, they, they think that they already know, and, 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 and they won't change. And this mentality is thrown out to the world. And and people see this, and it's growing, too. I mean, this is the mentality that spawned this entire talk. I had to take, you know, uh, years ago, I, I took somebody out. <laughs> I did. I mean, I, kill, I, I, you know, I took him down, that's what I mean, because um, I was at a, at a bar because this drunk guy couldn't accept another version to the fairy tale of 9-11. I was telling him about Building 7, and I was just kind of trying to give him a little alternative thought. What And, you know, what should have been an adult conversation got violent. He tried to swing at me. I took him down. I, I took him down with a judo and then a jiu-jitsu move, and I, you know, got him a, in a submission hole and, and, and helped help him to calm down, and he realized he's being an idiot. I think I told that story before on the show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... 
When things like that happen, I ask myself, is there hope? <laughs> That's aggressively ignorant. I mean, it's really a myth that Americans are open-minded. Many are not open-minded to real freedom and truth and want nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, including so-called liberals who don't know the real meaning of liberation or free. They don't know the word because they, it would scare them. They'd run away. I mean, it, sometimes I think, well, at least some of the conservatives are, are, are more apt to live like outlaws and have their guns to protect them. At least they, you know, they have that kind of side to them where these you know, liberal educated types would <clears throat> be the first to perish in a you know, a uh, situation when things go awry, that's for sure, you know, and uh, so, but yeah, I mean, people, people say guns are the problem, it's really the people that are insane and have them, I mean, the people that have lost all morality and natural law that have them, that's scary, or, I mean, people on antidepressants with guns, now that's scary. They should be, nobody that's on those should own a, a gun. But then again, I'm not into government control, but the thing is, if they're going to try to enforce things, I mean, that is, every shooter is always on those, you know? And although I, I think that guns are stupid in a way, when it comes to the show of any real manhood or proving that you're on top just because you have this projectile weapon, it's still everyone's right to defend themselves. And not everybody's on equal par, so therefore I do believe in protection in, in many ways, you know. Um, and and I, I would say that that's, you know, it's not anybody's business. And, and the problem is a lot of the other Western cultures, countries out there, Canada, America, I mean Canada, UK, Australia, New Zealand, uh, you know, a lot of European cultures, um, you know, they think that America should rid its rid itself of its guns because all of the gun crime they see on the news. But see, they're fooled too. Their their governments have already taken their guns, and and so they are fooled that you know they are quote unquote safe. Yeah, and most of these people don't understand that a lot of these shootings are staged, and that and they trust in their government way 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 too much. You know, and when shit goes down, they'll be thinking otherwise. When you know things change. For now there's a peaceful period. But yeah. I mean look at look at all the data on police killing people, you know. Uh ridiculous. That's the real gun problem too. And I'll admit, when I when I travel aboard uh, abroad to uh <clears throat> meet foreigners, I'm embarrassed to be American. Yeah, I really am. I am. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to be an American. I'm ashamed to be associated with, with the collective of fools in this country. And I think that when I go somewhere else, that I represent the nastiness of this country. And and I'm ashamed, you know? And I shouldn't be, but I am, you know? And more of us Americans who are cool need to make our voices known so so people know that there is still cool people in this country. And and that's it. You know, those of you who are listening, who are cool, they chant it down, and, and you know what I'm talking about? And we need to make our voices known because that, that we're, we're, the, we're people that are not part of this ugliness, yeah? But there's so many egos unchecked, and it's time people see what they're doing, and they need they need to see this from the outside. And you know, I mean, people want to pigeonhole me, me so people like me and others so much, you know, because and and it's funny because I'll talk trash about the military, 
and so then they'll, they'll think I'm liberal, and I'll talk about yuppies, and they think I'm a Republican. And again, those sides both need to go eat a piece of poop. I mean, it just it's beyond – it's this crazy perspective that people need to wake up and get out of, you know? And and no other country believes so much more in their presidential president elections in America. It, it's just insane. And and they think that it's just they think that they're actually going to get somewhere. Oh, this time, maybe this time we'll do it. It's like, come on, you know. So you know, things have to change uh, to get out of these mentalities because there's few of us seeing the truth, talking the truth, and a lot of people that are afraid to speak the truth. And and the thing is. America thinks it's the greatest country in the world, yet they've never traveled around enough to other countries to even know what life is like elsewhere. I mean, to most Americans, the United States is the world. People suck, and, and history and geography, they suck at it and don't know shit about other countries. So they don't know anything. And and I, 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 uh, I find this about mainlanders versus uh, us from Hawaii, you know. People actually think we still live in grass huts or something. I'm like, no way, man. You know, Honolulu, this city ranks third now in America for amount of high-rise buildings behind New York and Chicago. We have uh, almost 500 and rising high-rise. So, you know, we're not living in grass huts out here, but that's the that's the ignorant, the people that will not take time to think for themselves and look and and don't don't go on beyond this sort of cage like mentality and that's what it is it's a cage that people are stuck in and and self righteousness and ego out of hand that has created a real problem and other countries yeah they view america as spinning out of control and you know here like you know, most Americans don't want to hear such things. After all, America is the greatest nation in the free world. We can do no wrong. God is on our side. Shit, God blesses America. It's in a song. Well, guess what? There's a lot of people halfway around the world who thinks God blesses them too. Guess we'll know whom God loves more by who's left standing. <laughs> I got that um, from... Uh, Where'd I get that? <laughs> That's funny, though. But yeah, liberty, freedom, democracy, the things that America professes to stand for and believe is, in fact, usually what it most fears. And nobody wants to take a look at that. So therefore, we need to change, well, quite a few things. We need to get priorities straight, and we need to change how we're treating each other and how we're thinking. And it knows a lot. So... I've described today a collective of people that are not trying to see the big picture, a caught-up people, and America has become, over the years, the belly of the beast. hate to say it, but it's true. Is there hope in saving it? At this point, I doubt it. I'm just being realistic. I, I see some kind of, unfortunately, with the way that people are and the hostility that there is, I, I see some kind of chaotic, civil-like war brewing. Hopefully... It doesn't happen, but Americans need solidarity and trust restored. And, of course, you know, in the bigger picture, we need to be free and away from authority and, and government and, and things that um, take away true true freedom. But people need re that restored. And, again, a quote from John Adams, uh, a constitution, but a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Does it have to be like this? Well, no, 
but very true, most likely. And one thing that American people do have, though, that is good, is heart. Um, heart goes a long way, and a lot of people are passionate and do have heart, and that is the hope that I have, and I respect that. And so there is one of the good things that people have in this country is passionate hearts just misled. I mean, I stand with some of the voices speaking the truth right now, and nobody likes to hear the truth. It's just, it is. Uh, but if it's not being pushed through the media, it's generally not being pushed through society. And so we have a people that have been kept in like a fence. You know, it's almost like there is a real fence around America's people's heads to not be able to see outside. And I'm here to show that these this aggregate culture traits are unacceptable. These behaviors are unacceptable. And for one, I am not standing for these behaviors, especially when it comes to the trampling of morality and thwarting the face of truth. I'm not standing for it. So the spoiled brats of the world need a spanking. And why do parents spank their children? Well, teach them a lesson because they love them. And so people need to see and I'm, that, that this... this uh, Meat needs to be insulted. It's out of love. Yeah? And Americans need to look at its own ego and face it. America needs to understand what it has become and how it is being used as a central pawn piece in the New World Order plan. And the good people of America, and you know who you are, need to work on getting the truth out. Those of you who, who resonate with what I'm saying, or even partially, and understand, we need to work on getting the truth out. And, and I don't have, you know, this, this isn't about a solution. This is about a, a identification of what is taking place. And together, people can make solutions. But I don't have that exact solution for this. But there is a lot of good people with hearts in America who are just misled and need to quit listening to media and figure things out for themselves. Yeah, so... This entire culture of today is under intense, intense mind control, and that's why you see what you see today. The media mind control is thick. It's also the many other controlled aspects of our lives, too, but the media, as I say, this, I've gone through so many now shows about this, is, is what is really dominant here in people's heads. And unfortunately, if a culture doesn't acknowledge the truth... Even nature itself gets involved and won't tolerate it. So, uh, yeah, America is facing some serious changes soon, and but so is the world. So let's try our best to get people out of this mess and try to get somewhere and realize and and say, you know, say the things that need to be said to to realize that some things are very unacceptable. Well, that was a very long episode. I hope you enjoyed it and. Uh, I'm going to be taking a new turn on this show pretty soon into a new series of shows beyond Earth series. And I uh, uh, hope you enjoyed the show today and it taught you some things and it just wakes people up. I'm here to wake people up. I'm here to, I'm here to chant it down and that's what we're doing. So um, much love. Be a warrior, not a worrier. And uh, keep, it, keep on chanting it down.
know you get farther Mountain streams and warm ocean water Found relief, my focus is stronger Boundaries are broken in progress How you think depends on how caught up Doubt your dreams defeat your high calling Boundaries high within the green forest Now it's time for us to move toward it Outright here you know you get farther People beyond now. 